Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Hey there, Penn State fans, Bob Flounders, Johnny McGonigal, coming to you from Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles on Thursday. The time change is messing me up, Johnny. I, keep, I was going to say it's it's about lunchtime, but actually on the East Coast, most Penn State fans, it's about 2 o'clock. Thursday, we just had some Penn State availability with offensive players. Uh, we're going to hear from some defensive players later in the week. We're actually going to hear from, hopefully, some true freshmen, uh, I think, on Saturday for the first time all year. I know we're excited about that, Johnny, but how are you doing? I know you made it here in one piece. It's never easy going across the country. How are you doing? And uh, what's on your mind today? Yeah, Bob, never easy going cross country and especially around the holidays. You know, we saw all the cancellations, everything that was happening. So fortunately was not canceled. Um, you know, didn't have my flights canceled or anything like that. A few delays, you know, test it, it tests your resolve, though, right? It tests your character if you can uh, if you can get through it. And, uh, you know, per- we persevere, Bob, we persevere and we're here in L.A. and very glad to be here. Got in late last night. Uh, I guess it was technically early in the morning on the East Coast. Um, but, yeah, we talked to a handful of uh, offensive players today, talked to defensive guys tomorrow. And then, yeah, the likes of Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, Abdul Carter, Drew Aller, uh, expected to be available to us for the first time this season on Saturday. Here at the Sheraton Grand Hotel in L.A., we're not in the same room recording this. Uh, it makes sense, I guess, technically to do it in, you know, in, our, in our respective rooms, but we are in the same hotel, and uh, we're, I'm sure, going to be enjoying the hospitality suite later today. <laughs> I heard you guys already did last night. I missed it. Yeah, we uh, we don't we don't mess around. I'm rooming with the lovely and talented Joseph Hermit. He's not in the room right now, but uh, yeah, we we got in a little bit earlier than you, and the Rose Bowl setup is pretty sweet. The Penn State uh, players and the Utah players and coaches they come to us, which is great. Uh, there's going to be some practice availability, very limited uh, for a couple of days, but they're not going to show. Uh, they're not going to show Johnny. They're not going to show very much. But yeah, it's it's uh, first time in LA since the. It was the 2016 season, the 2017 Rose Bowl, the last time Penn State played in the Rose Bowl, one of the all-time great uh, Rose Bowls, 52-49. Looked like the, it looked like the Lions were going to win it. USC caught him at the finish. Sam Darnold was just too much to overcome. But you know what, Johnny? There's, I think there's a really good chance this, this game we're seeing on Monday between Utah, um, the Pac-12 champ, and Penn State 
is going to be really good. It might be a different kind of game, but it sure feels like two talented teams. And uh, we talked to some offensive players today. Brenton Strange was not um, made available today, but we I know we talked to some players about him. He's going to play in the Rose Bowl, Johnny, but this is going to be it for him at Penn State. Penn State has a talented tight end room, but um, really appreciate the growth of, of Brenton Strange in the entire tight end room this year. And hopefully he can go out on a good note. Yeah, Bob Brenton Strange announcing a couple nights ago that he'll be declaring for the NFL, uh, which not as not a huge surprise after uh, you know talking to him at Bowl uh, Media Day back in State College. He was saying that he was getting second to fourth round NFL grades. You know the feedback from scouts and uh, you know and so look that's that's really hard to turn down if you're a tight end and he's really developed this year. We talked about that on the last podcast about how. He grew as a, you know, a blocker this year. He eliminated some of those drop concerns. Uh, Theo Johnson as well, coming on strong as the season has progressed and as he came back uh, from that injury. Tyler Warren has been involved in a handful of key plays this year. So this tight end room is going to be big uh, when you look at the Rose Bowl against a Utah defense that was likened you know, to a, a Big Ten defense, to Penn State's defense, actually by Sean Clifford today when we were speaking to him and uh, he's really impressed with what Kyle Whittingham's team, that the mentality that we talked about before, that the toughness and the grit, but really just the way they play defense. They don't, they're not fun to play against. You know, going back and rewatching that uh, Pac-12 championship game, I mean, it looked like sometimes the USC wide receivers and ball carriers didn't want to be there uh, because of the way that Utah is playing. And I think Penn State's defense uh, acts and handles themselves and carries themselves in a similar way this year. Uh, so I'm not expecting a 52 to 49 game. Like we saw in Pasadena, you know, a few years back, Bob. I, I don't know about you. Now, yeah, I think it's going to be a really even game. I think both teams, um, the way that they play, the way that they prepare, um, I think that both, you know, this game, you know, there's been a couple players, you know, uh, opt out and get ready for the NFL draft, but largely <clears throat> you're going to see the core of both teams going at this. Penn State is looking for a win, a really a signature win this year to close and get to 11 wins after a seven and six year. And Utah played a tough schedule. They beat USC twice, hung in there against Oregon, UCLA, uh, and Florida. Could have easily won, I think, all three uh, of those games. They are a tough team. They've always been a tough team. I think it's a fantastic uh, matchup. I think it might be – it could end up being maybe the most competitive, the most even bowl game. And I'm just – I just – my sense – we're going to make our picks, I know, later in this podcast, Johnny, but – my just my sense is this is really a different Penn State team than the one that just kind of I don't want to say went through the motions in the Outback Bowl last year, but they a lot of players had opted out. They were hurt. They were a little bit beat up. Key players did not play. It wasn't exactly an upper tier bowl game. They gave it their best shot for about a half, but they were just trampled in the second half of that game. Um, this this feels like a different team, a different mindset. I think Utah feels the same way. Um, I think all signs point to this being a game. That is very competitive. And I just think that, you know, there were so many big plays in the 2016 Rose Bowl between, uh, uh, you know, USC and Penn State. This could be a game where there's points on the board. But I think that the way that, the way that both defenses play and the way that both defenses can or both offenses can run the ball, I think both teams are going to have to work for their points. Yeah. And what you mentioned about last year, the, the mentality and the approach to the Outback Bowl, maybe there was a little bit of malaise you know, around that game and in the preparation for it. It's not, 
I, I'm not a I'm not a bowl games other than the playoff and CF you know you know, New Year Six don't matter guy because you know we just have to look back and see what we just saw in the Holiday Bowl between Oregon um, and UNC and then the um, the game between Kansas and Arkansas was insane. Like I love bowl season. Uh, I know a lot of other people do. Um, the Rose Bowl is different than the Outback Bowl uh, to to the players, to the fans, to the programs that are you know competing in it. And, you know, when we were talking to Jair Brown uh, back in State College a few weeks ago about why he he was explaining why, you know, there haven't been many opt outs. You know, there's really only one opt out on this Penn State team, and that's Joey Porter Jr. After coming back from appendicitis, missing a couple games, playing senior day against Michigan State, Parker Washington, you know, announced that he's not playing, but like we already knew he wasn't playing with his injury. Uh, guys like Juice Scruggs and Brenton Strange, who declare for the draft, are playing in this game. It matters to these guys. It matters to this program uh, that you know, coming off of back-to-back disappointing seasons, uh, you know, to be able to get to ten wins this year, you know, they came pretty close to beating Ohio State. You know, the Michigan game was not a contest, but uh, or at least it wasn't after halftime. Um, but this game matters. This game matters a lot to a team that not only has a lot of seniors who've been around for the COVID year and been through a lot of struggle, but a, a team that is backed and bolstered by the, this freshman class that, you know, you're looking ahead to the 2023 season and even beyond that and what Penn State hopes to accomplish. You have a 12-team playoff coming up in 2024. This is a team that could compete for that. And, you know, we talked talk to Theo Johnson today. He hopes to be, you know, he hopes Penn State and believes Penn State can be one of the top teams in the country next year. This game matters as a springboard into that. And so uh, I just think you get the sense from these guys that they're they're excited to be out here. They're excited to, you know, have the camaraderie and hang out in LA and be at Disneyland. Like that stuff is cool and fun. But when practice starts today, they're gonna turn it on. You know, they've been doing skellies and, and stuff like that. But this game matters a lot uh to these players, to this team, this program, this coaching staff. And so I and I think you're gonna see that on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had we had a chance to talk to uh, Mike Yersich today, and I think it was five or six offensive players. Quarterback Sean Clifford, two tight ends, Tyler Warren, Theo Johnson, wideout Mitchell Tinsley, offensive lineman Juice Scruggs. I'm, I might be missing somebody. Am I missing somebody, or was that the entire group? Your Wi-Fi cut out there for like a split second, so I didn't catch you rattling off the names. But yeah, Clifford, Tinsley, Scruggs, uh, Theo, um, uh, Yursich as well. I think Tyler Warren was in there too. Yeah, yeah. So a pretty good representation. Uh, talking to Juice Scruggs, he's, he was asked about the 2023 team, uh, and he, he praised the offensive line and the young talent. But he said, I'm going to call it right now. This Penn State's going to be a playoff team in 2023. Juice is not one to make bold predictions. I think that speaks volumes about how good he feels about this team, though. Yeah, absolutely. And they have every right to feel good going into the 2023 campaign. It feels weird to be talking about that right now, but you know, in a few days it will be 2023. And a lot of times, you know, coaches treat bowl season as a prep for next year. That's not necessarily the case with this team because they really want to win this game. And uh for a team that has only played two ranked teams this year and they lost both games. To get a win over number eight Utah would be a nice feather in the cap of this team. And um, I was, we were talking to Kirk Herbstreet, a few of us in the media uh, earlier in the week about um, about Penn State, about this Rose Bowl, and he was even saying, "Hey, this is an opportunity uh, for Penn State to raise some eyebrows about who they were this year and prove to the country that they weren't just a team that 
really beat up on on bad teams and lost to the two really good teams they played. Uh, so it matters in that regard. But this is a team that has the foundation uh, for a run in 2023. And like I mentioned, a 12-team playoff in 2024. Uh, Theo Johnson could be a part of that. He didn't specify today whether or not he's going to be declaring for the NFL draft or not. That's I'm sure that's a decision and an announcement that at this point would come after the Rose Bowl. Um, but if you have him back, you obviously have Singleton, Allen, uh, key pieces on the offensive line. We know Olu Fashionu is coming back and Drew Shelton getting a lot of experience. And uh, Landon Tengwall was playing really well before he got hurt this year. So you have a lot on the offensive line. You got a lot in the backfield. And then it just comes down to, hey, is uh, Drew Aller going to be the guy? And not, not the guy like the starter, but the guy, you know, uh, coming in in his first year as a starter. And so, sure, you'll see some growing pains there. Um, as you often do with first year starters, but from everything that we talked to these players and coaches about with Drew and how he's handled himself uh, really over the last couple of months and growing into the offense and into his own skin as a leader and as a, uh, a contributor in this locker room and on the team, you feel really good about where this program is heading forward. And if they're able to go out and get a win over Utah, you, you just, you would feel that train really going that, 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 you know, the, um, the hype train uh, leaving the station. Uh, yeah, Johnny, I agree. This is so. This is this is the, this is going to be the conclusion of James Franklin's ninth season at Penn State. Hard to believe. Twenty twenty three will be his tenth season, and just the magnitude of this game. You know, Penn State has won some bowl games during James Franklin's time, but if they would win this game, this would this would be one maybe you know one of his best wins. Definitely his best bowl win. You know, they won the Pinstripe Bowl in two thousand and fourteen. They didn't get the job done in the 2016 Rose Bowl. 2017, they go to the Fiesta Bowl. They beat a Washington team that, you know, they really were kind of supposed to beat. I think they were they were clearly better. They had a great year in, in 2019, but didn't really get the payoff at the end. They go to the Cotton Bowl, but they played Memphis, you know, a Memphis team that was just outgunned, trampled on the road. To beat Utah, a team that beat USC twice, best team in the uh, Pac-12, I, to beat a team like that, that that's that is absolutely a signature win. It's absolutely a springboard for a young team to have even more confidence heading in to the 2023 offseason. You mentioned some of the positions and some of the players. Um, you know, they're gonna have to add some players, I think, even after signing day and even after some of these kids come off red shirts. And it's gonna come via the transfer portal. They were busy in the transfer portal earlier this week, Johnny, but I do think. They are definitely looking probably to add a wideout and, and an offensive lineman. Penn State fans could be on the lookout for that, uh, so stay tuned. But Penn State was busy, Johnny, and they did add a defensive player in the, trans, uh, the transfer portal, and it's a former North Carolina Tar Heel. Yeah, Storm Duck, first of all, one of the best names in college football. And there was some weird symmetry where Storm Duck commits to Penn State uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so on Wednesday. And then hours later, the Oregon Ducks beat North Carolina, his old team, in a bowl game. It, it was just duck season on, on Wednesday, I guess. But in classic transfer portal fashion, Bob, this, is, this happened while you were already in the air to L.A. I was literally walking on to my plane uh, to board and leave. And so we, you know, test, you know, texted Dustin Hawkins Smith to say, Hey, you know, can, can you take care of this? Cause you know, it, it, it's just that, you know, it's bulls, you know, it's transfer portal season. It's, it's how it happens. But yeah, this was a big addition for Penn state you know, to be able to, you know, bring in storm duck. It was an all ACC 
uh, kind yeah. of player. Uh, hurt by injuries in 2020 and 2021, but um, you know, covering you know the the ACC for the last three years, you know, for the Post Gazette um, with Pitt, you know, seeing him perform, you know, he is a he is a really good player, uh, and he's one that he's not necessarily Joey Porter. Not a lot of guys are, but when you lose a player like that, and you already have Kalen King coming back and who's going to assert himself as the top corner in the room, arguably one of the top corners in the country uh, this year. And so you have Kalen King already. You're confident in Johnny Dixon, a transfer in from South Carolina, uh, what you've seen out of him so far this year. And we talked before about Cam Miller, a true freshman who's played a lot of snaps for them uh, this year. But Storm Duck brings a lot of experience to this room uh, and really a lot of experience to secondary that's going to lose some in Joey Porter Jr., and Jair Brown at safety. So a big addition, but they definitely have some spots they want to fill. Wide receiver, one or two guys. They've been all over wide receiver in the portal, offering guys across the country. They'd love to bring in one or two, at least one, uh, preferably two, and then maybe an, uh, an offensive tackle as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Yeah, Johnny, I'm convinced that uh, the month of December, when it comes to the transfer portal, opt-outs, declarations, it's like being in Las Vegas. If you're even a Las Vegas Penn State fans, anything could happen at any hour. Every hour is kind of like the same. There's really no such thing as off time if you're vacationing in Las Vegas and you're at the casinos. It's kind of like it's kind of like being a Penn State football fan or a Penn State football uh, reporter because there's, there's at no point is there like a time where you say boy, it's been really quiet the last couple hours. Nothing's probably going to happen. The minute you start to think that, you know, they can literally add or, or lose a player. I mean, these, these decisions, these additions, these defections, they're coming at all times of day. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's, it's exciting, but you, it's really, really hard. You know Penn State wants to add more players, but it's hard to see when the next big announcement, good or bad, is coming. Um, I think as we get closer to the Rose Bowl, you'd like to think there'd be no news, maybe on game day or the or you know Rose Bowl Eve. But I could promise you, though, right after the Rose Bowl, there's going to be some movement, and uh, we'll probably be in the we'll probably be traveling as it happens. So hopefully, Dustin Hockett-Smith will have us covered. I think I think even January is going to be very exciting. I think for Penn, for Penn State's football program. But let's get back to the Rose Bowl uh, and just talk a little bit about. Maybe our thoughts uh, going into the game. Utah is, is, you know, Penn State opened as a very slight favorite and then the money shifted and now Utah is a slight favorite, about two points, maybe two and a half, depending on where you're looking. The total's around 52. I think the weather's going to be around 60. There's a little bit of a chance of rain. I don't really think that matters the way that these two teams play. Um, 
I think the conditions could be worse. It could be they could be playing the game in State College, you know, like it was last week when it was about 10 degrees. I think the, I think the weather's going to be good. I think it's going to be uh, both teams are going to give it their best shot. I'm just curious what you think maybe are maybe a couple of storylines you're going to follow and maybe a couple of players that you think could have a huge outcome in this game. Yeah, I think the biggest thing really for Penn State's offense throughout this season, and you wrote about this uh, today, Bob, so give that a read, uh, Penn State fans, but uh, the running game and, and what they've been able to do on the ground you know, it was so anemic last year. Uh, they really weren't able to get anything going. It, it felt like really since, you know, the 2019 season with Journey Brown that they hadn't had that pop, that, that you know, that yeah. drive in the, in the ground game. They've had that with Nick Singleton and Catron Allen this year. And uh, Kevon Lee being sidelined has really almost allowed those two freshmen uh, to blossom into two of the top running backs in the Big Ten and in the country. And now they're going up against Utah, which is the top run defense uh, in the Pac-12. Now, you know, Penn State fans might sit here and say, oh, the Pac-12 is not the Big Ten. And, you know, it, it, how much does that matter? Well, it it does matter when you're facing a Kyle Whittingham team and a, a program that has kind of built itself on on this formula. And now Utah on an offensive end uh, has been throwing the ball a whole lot more this year. They've been scoring a whole lot more points. Um, but without Dalton Kincaid, that tight end that we've talked about so much, uh, the All-American guy, it's going to be really – I think it's going to be hard – Er, not necessarily hard, but harder for Utah to move the ball without him. I mean, he was such a security blanket uh, and a dynamic threat on third down. And and uh, and so when you have that on the opposite end, when you have a Utah team that has to deal with losing arguably its best player and its linchpin on offense, if you're Penn State, if you're able to control the clock, control possession, run the ball well, uh, and, mm-hmm. and really finish in the red zone, which they've been really good at this year. I mean, Penn State has been one of the best red zone teams offensively and defensively uh, in the country. I think you can, if you can win in the red zone uh, and run the ball well, I think you have a, you have a formula to win uh, against this Utah team. Yeah. Um, agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent, Johnny. Um, one thing I think I'll be watching for is um, two things that come to mind when watching Penn state. It's, it is the health of their offensive line in a good way. And also um, fresh legs for their true freshmen. The offensive line, we don't know if Olufashano is going to play, right? But if he does play, that is a huge addition for Penn State. If he doesn't, at least they got Drew Shelton reps uh, down the stretch, starting reps, and I don't think there is nearly the worry, even though Utah's got a good defense, that had, he been, had this been his first start, much like the way Olu started his first start in the Outback Bowl last year, there's more of a concern. We don't know about Olu, but he could play. That would be a bonus. During the season, I think it was pretty clear um, that uh, Hunter Norzad and Sal Wormley were beat up down the stretch. James Franklin referenced it. Uh, I think they played hurt. Um, They were not injured. He mentioned how he could never get Juice Scruggs out of the game because they really didn't have um, a backup center because right the backup center was probably Hunter Norzad. They needed him at guard. So these guys have had a month off. I think whatever was bugging them, I think they must feel uh, a lot better. I think that bodes well. And I do believe, Johnny, that a couple of Penn State's true freshmen, it, I mean, I think it's realistic to expect the amount of time that they played, they could have hit the freshman wall even a little bit in November, despite the fact that Penn State went 4-0. and I, I think that you're going to see Nick Singleton and Catron Allen feeling pretty good after a month off not that they weren't good in November, but I think they're going to be feeling even better 
And also a guy like Abdul Carter, who played a lot of football for Penn State. Uh, I know Manny Diaz played a lot of players, but I think when you're a true freshman, you're just not ready for that kind of work your first year. I think the time off is really going to help those players and some other players. But I'm just looking at that offensive line and thinking they were able to run the ball. They did finish strong. You know, they made some plays against Ohio State. Um, they made some plays against the good Auburn defense, and now they've had a we- they've had some time off. I expect a refreshed Penn State offense, and I think that really could show up. And the uh, the other side of that is Utah really didn't get a break, right? They played 13 games. They had a great win over USC uh, the second time around, but I don't know if they're as fresh as Penn State, and I'm curious to see what that might look like on Monday. Yeah, and another area that I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything plays out is in the secondary of both of these teams. You mentioned Joey Porter Jr. opting out, not going to be a part of this game. Storm Duck isn't flying in for the game. You know, he has to wait uh, to enroll and, you know, uh, officially sign and become a Penn Stater. Uh, on the flip side, Utah, not having Clark Phillips III, who is um, an All-American corner with six interceptions this season, uh, he had, you know, declared for the NFL and won't be playing either. So you've got two secondaries playing without arguably you know, their top players. Um, and two quarterbacks who have a lot of experience, you know, uh, Cam Rising has played well this season. Sean Clifford has been up and down. You know, we've, we've you know, seen him come back and win a game at Purdue. We've seen him almost throw it away, you know, a series or two before. Um, and so I'm looking to see if a turnover or, t- or a takeaway uh, is the tipping point in this game. If, if it's going to be that close and that tight of a matchup, uh, really, sometimes all it takes is one. Uh, turnover to lose you a game or to win you uh, a game and both of these teams had 24 takeaways this year uh, second in second in the conference and you know they're in their respective conferences uh, again six six of those interceptions from Clark Phillips is not going to be there uh, but this is one where hey if you're Sean Clifford you got to take care of the ball you really do because um, and if you're Cam Rising you got to take care of the ball because you don't want to be the reason why uh, you know a pick six going the other way or a short field and uh, we've seen Penn State's defense really respond well to sudden change this year. But in the Rose Bowl, you don't want to have to rely on sudden change defense. You want to be able to control the clock, control the ball, uh, and you know ultimately keep it away from Utah and maybe take it away once from the Utes. Yeah, you mentioned Cam Rising. I think that's another key to the game for me, not so much as a, as a thrower, but as a runner. Uh, how will Penn State handle him? One of the reasons I think Utah has run the ball so well this year, 220 yards average per game, is that they defenses have to account for for the, the quarterback as a runner. He had, I think he ran for 90 yards in the opener at Florida. He had three rushing touchdowns against USC in the first meeting of that game. Um, so how will Penn State deal uh, with that running quarterback, especially on third down? I think he can extend plays and extend drives if Penn State doesn't have a good plan for him. I'm sure that Manny Diaz is well aware that not only is this quarterback, Cam Rising, uh, a dangerous star, he's a dangerous runner. I think he brings a, he's a veteran. He's been around. He's seen it all, right? So I think the other thing for me, if Penn State's going to win this game, is they have to have a really good plan to stop him from in, affecting the game with his legs, limiting the damage he does, whether it's extending plays, to get receivers open or converting maybe third downs on design runs. 
Will they have a good plan for him? If they can, if they can limit him, make him a little bit more one dimensional, I think Penn State would feel pretty good about their chances. That's something I'm going to be watching on Monday. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And on that, you know, um, on that point specifically, I think Abdul Carter and Jair Brown, two guys, will have you know, pretty big assignments in that regard. You know, on third down, and let's say if it's third down and long, and Penn State goes into its prowler package, and Jair is closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have his eyes on Cam Rising and see if he can, you know, I'm sure uh, Rising might want to, you know, escape the pocket, you know, pick up some yards. Maybe if it's a third and long, you know, move, in, move him in the field goal range, that kind of thing. Um, it's going to be those little things. It's going to be the little things that James Franklin talked about after the Rutgers game when he was saying that Abdul Carter was made those splash plays all year, but he's been getting better and better and better at the the simple assignments, the the little things uh, that make a good linebacker. And so I think some of those little things are making sure you don't, miss an assignment or miss, you know, miss holding an edge or, um, you know, keeping contained. And so uh, Cam Rising is an experienced quarterback. He'll be looking for any weakness he can find. Uh, and Penn, it's up to Penn State's defense and Manny Diaz to not give him uh, any of those weaknesses. And uh, I think on the flip side, too, when you talk about Penn State's offense, uh, just one, one final thing for me in terms of a key, you know, we talked to Theo Johnson today. I talked a lot with Mitchell Tinsley today. Uh, who, you know, one year transfer in from Western Kentucky. He's talking about how this Rose Bowl is a dream for him. I wrote about that on PennLive.com and about how his journey from walking on at a JUCO to going to Western Kentucky to coming here at Penn State, uh, this is a dream for him, but it's also just a big opportunity for him uh, because without Parker Washington, he's the leading receiver on this team. You've got guys like Harrison Wallace who can contribute, uh, Liam Clifford, Amari Evans, uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith is – is the other big name, but the tight ends, you know, Theo Johnson and Brenton Strange in his final game, Tyler Warren, who, like I mentioned earlier, has made some big plays, you know, on fourth down and in the red zone this year. Um, it's going to be up to those tight ends and those older, you know, guys like Tinsley uh, to step up on third down in crunch time when Sean Clifford needs uh, to be maybe bailed out or, or needs to look somewhere. Guys that got to be open. They, they just, they just have to be open for him because the last thing you want is Sean Clifford throwing into like a tight window or a throw that's not there. Um, and so I think that that's really key because, you know, when you talk about not turning the ball over, um, you know, part of that is on the quarterback and part of that is on the guys getting open for him. So uh, without Parker Washington, that'll be, that'll be huge. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. Uh, you can have, you, I'll, you can defer to your pick. I, I, like I said, I think this is going to be a back and forth game. Um as well as Penn State was able to separate from their final four opponents, that's that would stun me if they can get, if they can gain the upper hand and just kind of hold Utah off and win comfortably. You know, they actually had some anxious moments at Rutgers. You look at the final score, uh, Rutgers just was not able to keep up with Penn State's depth. Uh, they were impressive against Maryland and shutting them out, but they didn't. They they, they knocked the quarterback out against at Indiana, and that kind of. Took the took the air out of the Indiana's balloon there at home. So this is a different animal. This is a different challenge, uh, and and you only have to look back to one year ago and see what this what, what a, a good Utah do, Utah team did to Ohio State. They scored points. They had them in all kinds of trouble. This could absolutely happen again to Penn State. Penn State's defense is going to have to tackle well. Um, they're going to have to play play really well on third down, and I think on offense, the tight ends. You said it. Huge, huge uh, role in this game with the wide receiving core depleted. Sean Clifford's going to have to play one of his best games. There is no question. Uh, I think the running game and the fresh legs of the true freshman. I'm going to that could be that could you know that could 
it could just be one or two plays where Utah has this game in control. But if Singleton shakes loose or Catron shakes loose in a close game, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm going to go 27-20 Penn State. And I think this is a really big game for Penn State and one of the biggest games that James Franklin has has really coached in because if they can win it with the, with the team they have coming back, boy, it really sets the stage for next season with the schedule they have. They're going to get Michigan at home. I don't want to get too far ahead, but the confidence this team will have and and the the young players growing into better players, it's really, I think, a key game. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think Penn State really wants this one pretty bad. It would surprise me if they lose, and I know Utah's a good team. I think Penn State's going to win. I got a 27-20. Man, I'm, I'm looking at our predictions that we post online and, 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 every, and everywhere. You know, I sent it in to our editors yesterday. So you have 27-20? I do. I have 27-21. Yeah. So we're going to be in the press box, you know, on Monday, and we're just going to be looking at each other when, you know, Utah lines up for an extra point uh, to see if they can get it to 21. No, um, I also see it the same way. I think it's going to be a really tight game. Uh, Look back the last time Penn State was in the Rose Bowl. They had this dude named Saquon Barkley, and he put yeah. up 194 yards. And a lot of it came on that one dazzling run that everyone looks back on. Uh, but 194 rushing yards. I don't think you're going to see that individually from mm-hmm. Nick Singleton or Katron Allen. But I wouldn't be surprised if they combined for it. Because I, I do think all year when they've gotten into a rhythm in the running game, those two guys are just so difficult to stop when they get going. You know, with The different styles and the different abilities that they bring – uh, we saw Nick Singleton be a home run threat earlier in the year, but he's grown into a more yeah. well-rounded runner, a guy who was willing and able to lower his shoulder and fight for those extra yards. Meanwhile, Catron Allen, we saw that power early on, but I think you've seen throughout the season his finesse and his you know his vision really uh, come to the fore uh, when it comes to finding the open hole and just hitting it and going. Now, Utah's defense is is stouter than Rutgers and Maryland and uh, in Indiana for sure. But I think that once those two guys get going, and I think they will, uh, I just think Penn State's going to be able to control this game. And, and you know, yes, uh, I think the the score itself is going to be close, but um, I expect Penn State to win this and uh, and to cover and all those kind of good things. Uh, but I, I think this game means a lot to these players, means a lot to this program. Not saying it doesn't mean anything to Utah because they were just here last year and they lost a thriller out of Ohio State. I'm sure they would love to win this game, but. You know, think back to when Penn State won the Big Ten title uh, and came out to the Rose Bowl. I think Utah was pretty satisfied with winning the Big Twelve, or the, excuse me, the Pac twelve. Um, this is a big win and, and a big game for Penn State moving into twenty twenty three. I got the Nittany Lions twenty seven to twenty one. I've got Utah scoring one more point than you do, Bob. One final thing before we go here on this Blue White Breakdown podcast, and it's important, Penn State fans. I want you to listen to me, and I want you to listen to what Johnny's going to say. I want you guys to be on the lookout on Penn Live. We keep mentioning the 2016 Rose Bowl and what Penn State did uh, in James Franklin's third season. It was really a huge season uh, in the in, in the history of James Franklin's coaching development. It was a huge season for Penn State. They had not been very good in 14 and 15. They started a little slow in 2016, but man, that was a special team. That was a special game. There were a lot of special players on that team who have gone on to do great things. But that team was really transformative, I think, for James Franklin and I think for the future of Penn State's program. Johnny, you have had a chance kind of to take a look back 
at the significance of that 2016 team, the significance of that Rose Bowl, what it meant to Penn State in 2016, but also what it meant, you know, in future years in terms of players, I think, wanting to come to Penn State to be a part of James Franklin's program. You have a big story, I think, coming up about the season, about the significance of it. I know you've talked to some former Penn State grades and some former Penn State coaches. I know you're excited to write it, and I, I just wanted to alert uh, our listeners and our viewers to look for that on Penn Live. It'll be in the paper, I believe, on January 1st, and tentatively our plan is to schedule it. I think it'll it should be on Penn Live. I think on Saturday morning, but if not, it'll be up very. It'll be up. It'll be up before the game. It's going to be a great read. I know you had a fun time talking to some of these people. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the plug there, Bob. No, it's uh, a lot of good conversations. You know, over the last week or so, uh, even in, dipping into the week before. Um, you know, talked to Trace McSorley, uh, Joe Moorhead called me from Florida uh, on Christmas Eve when he was with his family. He wow. escaped uh, the blizzard in Ohio uh, to go down to Orlando, spend some time. And so I was able to talk to him, Mike Kosicki, Brandon Bell, some key players and figures on that team. And a, a year or two that, you know, was just kind of a, a launching point for this program in year three under James Franklin, a couple of so-so seasons, uh, a year that you know, they get trampled by Michigan. They lose a close one to Pitt, but you know, a, a corner was turned against Minnesota. You have the block kicking against Ohio State. You win the Big Ten title. And then you and then they came out to LA here and yeah, they lost. Uh, but it was uh, it was a thriller. It's a classic. It's a game that uh, those players still look back on fondly, and it's an experience that they look back on fondly as as a, a week and a game that capped a really special season for that team and for that program, uh, and James Franklin and everyone involved. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to writing it uh, um, right after we re- finish recording uh, here. Once we hit end, I'll head to the media workroom and, and work on that. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to sharing all those stories with you guys. No pressure at all on you, Johnny. No yeah, pressure. I put you on the hot seat. I didn't mean to. I just realized, like, boy, why did I just do that to Johnny? But I do know I do know that you had such fun talking to these people. I have no doubt it's going to be a great story. But, yeah, I know you got some work uh, left to do on it. But, hey, look, that's that's what comes with being at Penn Live, right? The challenge, <laughs> accepting the challenge, thriving in the moment, you know, teeing you up and you delivering. I can't wait to read it. I know the Penn State fans can't wait to read it. So to all the Penn State fans, I know you're going to enjoy the Rose Bowl. Johnny and I will be talking about it via video, I think, right after it on the field. We're excited for the game. I know you guys are, but uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy all the playoffs. And uh, we will talk to you after the Rose Bowl. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>